I probably heard the word hustle more than any other word. And maybe it's just a 70s and 80s thing that coaches said to kids, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> hustle out there, McKenna. Um, maybe they weren't saying it to everybody else. Anyway, when I when I got to high school football and basketball, that same word seemed to apply in the same way. It just it just kept coming up, at least in the minds of my coaches. Hustle out there, boys. And I went to high school in rural Kentucky, so that's just the way it sounded. It was like hustle out there, boys. Like get going. And and I um I'll stop narrating everything right now. But there's a lot of things to say behind the scenes. That was just a common thing. And all the way to running wind sprints or suicides or what my high school basketball coaches in Kentucky called eights, which was eight times up and down the entire basketball floor in less than 103 seconds. At least that's what I remember. And if one player didn't make it in time, I felt really bad for the heavier and taller guys on the team because uh, if we didn't run at all, if we didn't finish, we all kept running. We kept going for a couple hours until someone was throwing up and maybe it was just me, but running lines sprints and all those things like that was just a way of life in high school. Um, and it was, it was kind of the most miserable part of the experience. And all the way through my days playing collegiate tennis, I heard coaches telling teams to hustle. Here's what I didn't ever hear. What, we, what I did not ever hear was this slow it down out there. Take it easy out there. Hey, you better slow down. You might just blow a gasket if you keep going at that pace. Like no one ever said that. It was just not a thing. And the reality in athletics and in life for that matter is that hustling is really important apparently. But it's not the only thing, right? It's, it's not the only thing. And when it's treated like it is, it actually hurts performance like crazy. Like, how do we know when to hustle and when to think more intentionally about important moments when we should slow down the hustle? Here we go. I'm Dr. Rob McKenna, and welcome to the Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of the of, of others. And Many of you know this, that I am a, I mean, I've shared this before that I'm a bit of a documentary junkie. Um, I just, I kind of like documentaries and especially sports documentaries. And I just binged through a documentary. I think I should have, we should have some sort of Netflix contract. I think we should work on this because I, I don't know if a lot of people are listening, but anyway, I just binged through a documentary on the Tudor, Tudor fronts. And I learned a lot about that bike race that I didn't know. And I'm, I'm a mountain biker, not a road biker, but I'm kind of fascinated by biking a little bit. And maybe some of you know this really well because you're bikers, but I didn't. I did not know that there are different types of riders on each team. I could have assumed it, but until you watch that, I didn't really know that there are some riders who are climbers, others who are more generalists, and those are the ones who usually win the overall race. And there are sprinters. And for those of you who don't know that the, the race goes in like three weeks over stages, so you're you're riding multiple, multiple stages. And here's what else I learned. The sprinters are typically heavier riders. And most of them struggle with the mountainous sections of the race with intense vertical climbs. And if you don't finish each stage of the race within a certain time limit, you don't get to continue the rest of the stages. So as a sprinter, one of the biggest challenges for the team is to get you over the mountains at a pace where you don't get disqualified. And the fastest, spr the, the, the fastest sprinters are typically... Um, are not able to climb well, especially without help from their teammates. And what in the world does that have to do with slowing down the hustle? 
our reality at work isn't all that different. Most of us can burn really hot, but if we run too hot for too long, we're at risk of a major burnout. And the time to hustle is always there, but you can't hustle all the time. And if I, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so over people telling me that they don't have a choice. I, sure. Some of us may not. I get that. I'm not saying some of us don't, but I, I, I get this. I'm told this by executives tell me this, that they don't have a choice. Um, and I bet most of us do. Is someone really forcing us to hustle? And please hear me that I know that some of you are in situations where that might be the case. But I think that the reality is for most of us, in most cases in life, we have a choice that sometimes we're not willing to wait to make. Are we not willing to stop because of all the other things that are attached to hustling for us so that we per perceive are attached? And if you, have a, if you have a manager who pressures you, even though you are already performing, I will admit that can be really tough, but maybe we have more agency than we think. And we can perform, we can know when to hustle and when to pace ourselves or pause if we were just a little bit more intentional. And even more than just slowing down the hustle for ourselves, but if we're responsible for our team and want to build a great team, how do we lead a team where we don't sacrifice urgency and performance, but we create a healthy and whole team that is not defined by hustling, but by intentional and effective performance for the long haul? And this is, this is where what's going on at the individual level comes into direct contact with what's happening at the team level. Because to create a whole team requires us to provide an invitation to every team member to wholeness and to intentionality over compulsiveness and constant hustling. And so let's talk about hustling for what this means for just a moment. Okay. Hustle. Hustle. It's a funny word we use in different ways. What's your hustle? It's like your side hustle, your other thing, your way you are trying to get traction in the world. Your side hustle is your way to is your way to do that extra thing, either extra cash or sometimes extra purpose, right? Sometimes it's, it's different things. And the general definition of hustle is a little different and more like what my coaches were trying to motivate in the teams I was on. Hustle, to get going. Um, you aren't going to be lazy hustling. To, and it literally is to force someone to move hurriedly or unceremoniously in a specified direction. And so you should be begging to ask this question because I was when I read that. What does unceremoniously mean? Like, what does that word mean? Why do definitions lead us to more definitions? Well, they just do. And what that means is with a lack of courtesy, roughly or abruptly, like the hustle at the subway, it's kind of not a great thing, is it? When we think about it, like what the, the raw definition of it, what it looks like, what is the opposite of hustle? You know what comes up when you look out there at the the uh, the opposite of hustle? Procrastination, slowness, inaction, pokiness. Wow. It's like, it's no wonder we pressure ourselves and others to hustle. And I just want to suggest to you that the opposite of hustle, as defined by the dictionaries, is not those things but the opposite of hustle might be intentionality. The opposite might be something different. And since you you quite literally cannot hustle all the time, we, we know this is a real thing. You cannot rush 
lack courtesy, force action, and just push, push, push. What is the goal and how should we think about hustling or slowing down the hustle? Slowing down the hustle is to move with intent, to know when to draft, to create, to learn, when to move, to make a move, when to push, when to innovate, when to exert, when to try, when to pull, or when to stop, when to rest, when to cruise, or coast, or speak, or listen, or just be. And our, our world, I think, has really messed this up. And I feel a little tense about this, y'all. It's just, I think our world has kind of messed this up. If at first you don't succeed, how does it go? Try, try again. I'm, I'm sorry. I know there's way more around these quotes. So I'm so I apologize to every person I'm about to quote. What a dumb statement. <laughs> I'm sorry. How about you can do anything you put your mind to? I'm sorry. It's hogwash. It's ridiculous. You can't. Our world is fully saying that to tell us to just keep pushing, keep trying. Effort will always lead to success. You can do anything you want. It's as if it's all about hustle. And the, the challenge is this, like, we know we can't do everything. We know we can't even be good at everything. It's kind of a ridiculous, like, individualistic way of seeing our world. Richard Branson said, you don't learn by what, you don't learn to walk by following rules. You learn by doing and falling over. Now, there's, there's wisdom in that. I get it. But it's like, um, I think you learn through more things than just doing and falling over. Mark Cuban, who I kind of typically mostly like, he said, it's not about money and connections. It's the willingness to outwork and outlearn everyone who, when, when it comes to your business. This is what it's about. Outworking and outlearning everyone when it comes to your business. Maybe I'm not the best motivational speaker, but I'm just sitting here thinking, it kind of makes me tired reading that quote. Like, I got to outlearn and outwork you. That's what success is about. And I'm not talking about getting lazy or not working really hard, but that overexertion and trying may not be the point at all. If overexertion, overlearning, and trying harder is not the recipe for success, it's intentionality and purposeful action that will win in my game every time. And I just, I, I keep saying this, so I'm not going to say it again, but it's like, I, I get it. I love hard workers. I work with very hard workers, but I'm calling us into attention. The reality of attention and so much of what wholeness is about is giving permission to the tensions we feel so that we can make choices that are effective for us. Even in the wild team, we actually, in our, in our corporate charter, we have some things that are about this. Like we have one of the statements that says that that's it's a, it's a value of ours is about clear communication. And one of the says, it says the ability to communicate with team using email, virtually video calling services, texts, and phone calls. This is straight out of our charter is very important. It's also important that communication is prompt. And this is what it says after that, because that sounds like a pretty, you know, clear statement it's that communication is prompt. We get back to each other unless it's your day off. Then this is what it says. Then we expect you not to communicate. <laughs> So there are there are multiple statements about what we value that are that are just walking straight toward the tensions in all of this. So how do we fight this ridiculous lie that it's all about hustling? And you guessed it. I've said it already. Intentionality, intentional action. This won't surprise you given that our organization is called Wild Leaders. And that that 
we believe in that story. We love that brand because every one of you has a wild story. I know so many people who tune into this and I know you and I know you have a wild story and anyone who thinks they don't probably won't show up here, but it's like, we all have that wild story, but it also, the acronym means a lot to us because it stands for whole and intentional leader development. And so let's talk about this intentional action. When I say that, what do I mean? Knowing when to hustle, when to rest, how to pace yourself and your team. And if you're the leader who's pushing yourself and others all the time, you're really making problems for people and for yourself. And so we must have these moments of rest and to build a, a culture of both rest and of push. And every every one of our team members wants to make progress. And that, I think that's that's a fairly common thing. If you work on an effective team, they want to make progress. But is hustling the formula for outstanding performance and progress for the team as a whole over the long haul? Sometimes maybe but so much of it comes back to something that is so necessary if we're to perform better, feel better, and serve better. And it's that intentional action. It's about purpose. And I spent the time this last week with a leadership team we work with that I love dearly. You know who you are. And our entire session was focused on one of the tools in the toolkit, the Purposeful Goals Assessment. And it's the third tool in our system. It's a conversation that we were talking about. How do we create priorities and margin? And something that we could all get better at. And so we had this incredible conversation. And I want—I just want to suggest something to us as a, as a way to think about this and what it would mean is to, is to think about living an intentional and purposeful life and to work that way. And I want to suggest to you this, is that to live and lead an intentional life and to create a team culture that is defined by more than just work harder and faster is to move beyond simply responding to what's going on around us to making decisions that are choices and not simply reactions. Like everything else we do at Wild Leaders, this is this is part of what we is very core to what we're about. And while it's important to maintain our capacity to adapt to different circumstances or situations and to be open to having our plans interrupted, that's not the problem most of us have. Most of us struggle to be intentional far more than we struggle with being responsive, agile, and adaptive. And I would suggest that those of us who struggle with being responsive and agile, we have a different podcast for you. Like it's that of putting down, putting our own agenda aside long enough to respond to the needs of others. And so here's the formula. I'm going to give you a little formula that has worked for so many of the organizations that we work with as we've worked with teams to, to bring about that intentional kind of action. And here it is. It's a few simple questions. What do you want? Why do you want it? What is your purpose in it? And what will you do next? And this is about digging deeper than that first knee-jerk response. And it's so important because it starts to create margin. It helps us move toward decisive action, provides clarity, and moves us from constant hustling and striving to purposeful action. So I want to start with the first question as we get out and we talk about this. What do you want? What you want is important, but it's so often overlooked, especially those of you who work in nonprofit context. Sometimes it's not okay to describe what you want. In business context, sometimes we're like, yeah, what do you want? For those of us who feel like that question is too selfish to ask, I would suggest to you that it can be equally selfish not to ask it at all. If you're a person who knows exactly what you want and has no problem making it all about you, 
you could likely do a little work on making sure that your response is, isn't just based on what you want for yourself, but also based on what others around you need. And for those of you who have never given yourself permission to identify what you want, um, to communicate it and directly to others, I would suggest that especially as a leader, it is equally selfish not to know. It is unfair for others to, you know, others for them not, not to know what we want. And for leaders who are responsible for making decisions that will serve them and serve others, I really do believe it's absolutely necessary and we have evidence to support that. And when we, we and others begin to know what it is we want to see happen, it activates a level of intention that will quite honestly shock you. That level of thinking is the first step in moving toward intentional and purposeful action. So I want to do an experiment. And we will check our results next week. So you got next week's going to be good. It's uh, But we're going to check. This is the experiment. I want you to think about your day today. Okay, your day today. What is one thing you want today? I don't mean today like in an existential way. I mean today. That will move you from hustle to intentional and purposeful action. I'm going to do the same. What is one thing you want today? that will move you from hustle to intentional action. Okay, so think about that for one second. What is that thing that you want today? The second question, why do you want it? It's funny, isn't it? Like we hear TED Talks and finding your why. I've written all kinds of stuff about this, about books, about the importance of purpose, but rarely do they also talk about how countercultural it is to actually get purposeful. To invite our teams to move beyond just hustling is to invite every team member to not only identify what they want, but why they want it and to begin to get specific. This is, this is so, so critical. So as we take those roots one step deeper, I want you to ask yourself that question. If you just would take a moment to write that down, you, you, you identified something you want today. Now take a risk to, because I think with purpose, we, we call it an excavation process. It's a digging process. The second level of digging is, why do you want it? Why do you want that? Um, is another big piece of that. Now, I want to I want to add on another question that's that's this. It's it's based on. I want to take if if what we just described and what we want is like the tree. Why we want it begins to set some roots in. The next level of rooting is why you. What is your purpose in it? What do you want? Why do you want it? And what is your purpose in it? My purpose in this situation is to, and you fill in the blank. That, that purpose may be to be present with uh, my wife and kids. Or my purpose in my work may be to be more composed as the team leader in this meeting we have this afternoon, even though we're facing pressure right now. Or my purpose may be to maintain my health and go to the gym this afternoon so I can play catch in the yard with my with my kids. Or just be active with them in some way. These specific purposes regarding your why drive decision-making and agency at an entirely different level. Which leaves me with one more question. One more question I want to put out there for you. What are you going to do next? So this thing you want is happening today. What are you going to do next? What specific action are you going to take that is based on what you want, why you want it, your own purpose? And in many cases, that next action step may be a conversation or maybe a new choice you'll make, or maybe it may mean doing something specific. Regardless, what, 
you will do next is based on your answer to the other starting questions. So that's a framework. Let's start the experiment. Let's begin to think about this. And so I'm just look. let's just go right now and let's keep the conversation. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.